Have you ever wanted to start your very own podcast? Sorry, that's a dumb question. Of course you wanted to start your own podcast. Podcasting's amazing. Head on over to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Use promo code GAMEPINIONS. And then you, that's right, you listening to this right now, you can have a free month of podcast hosting service. And also, if you take that promo code, you can also get a free month of stats so you can keep track of that podcast that you're working so hard on. Blueberry is incredible, and the features are simply amazing. I don't have time to talk about them, though, because I have to start my own show. So after this episode of Game Pinions, make sure you head on over to Blueberry.com, look up what it is all about, use promo code Game Pinions, and get started on an adventure of a lifetime. today. I don't know if this is going to be as long as the last episode, but there is a lot of content from this past week and a little bit of the stuff leaks into the week prior. Um, we're going to start off today. Uh, I have to address the Apex Legend thing, right? Um, I just want to kind of shoot the breeze about that game for like a really small minute. <laughs> uh, I'm not a huge fan of Battle Royale games. Um, Apex Legends isn't necessarily super interesting to me. Um, a lot of people are saying that it's pretty freaking awesome, though. Um, I know that people will say that it's kind of a threat to Fortnite at this point. But in terms of, you know, how the game plays and how it is, I haven't played it. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to play it. It's just something that really doesn't interest me that much. So I don't really have a lot to say about Apex Legends. I think that the Battle Royale genre is getting quite crowded there's a lot of games in that space and I doubt this is the last one that we'll see but I mean to me at this point anything that can kind of take Fortnite out of the uh the public eye for a little bit I'm completely all for because I'm just honestly I don't want to be that person that just hates to hear about things and hates things just because people like them like I don't I don't think I hate Fortnite I think that's way too strong of an adjective I just, I don't know, I get kind of get tired of hearing about it all the time. It's like, you know, there's other amazing games out there, and I just can't get into that game. I can't get into Fortnite. You know, if I had, like, a ton of time to dedicate to these games, I probably would be all over them. But to me, Fortnite, just from a, a stylistic standpoint, not really super interested. I feel like the game just doesn't really feel that nice when you're playing it. I mean, I don't really see anything special with Fortnite. You know, this game probably would speak to me a little bit more this Apex Legends game, but it's really not a genre that I have, you know, any interest in for whatever reason. It just doesn't really speak to me. I just, when I play a game, I like to, you know, collect equipment and I like to, you know, hoard stuff. And, and this game's not really one of those games you can do that because once you die, your stuff kind of goes away. So it's really just not something that I'm super interested in 
And who knows, maybe that'll change. You know, I've had change of hearts, you know, in the past with different game genres. I just don't think that by the time I'm ready to really play these games, they're going to really be prevalent in the industry. I think eventually these games will, I think they'll be around forever. I just don't know if they'll ever be at the peak popularity that there are, you know, that they're at right now. So uh, I'm just, I'm kind of lukewarm on that. So besides Apex Legends, and I hope, you know, if you guys do play Apex Legends, I, I hope you guys are enjoying it. I hope it's something that you guys are genuinely having a good time playing, and I hope that you guys are having a blast. It's just for me, I'm not really ready to commit time to that experience. And it's nothing against the game. Like, it's just, I think it's purely just personal preference. Because honestly, I don't really know enough about the game to really have a true judgment on it. So I don't want to be bashing the game. It's just, I don't really know a lot about it, and I just don't have a, a huge amount of interest in doing that. So we're going to we're going to kind of divide this because before I was kind of just throwing news stories out here and just kind of, you know, combining them. So we're going to go through Nintendo news, Sony news and then Microsoft news. Obviously, Microsoft news is the most beefy. Sony is probably the least cuz Sony's kind of remained quiet about a lot of things recently. Um so we're going to start off with Nintendo news. This one was from last week and that is the Wii Shop channel has officially died. I was actually a big Wii fan. You know, that was something that I really loved. I loved the games that were on there. You know, I still have to have an entire episode dedicated to that console, which is definitely in the plans. But I was a huge Wii fan. That was one of my favorite systems, and I know people are going to get all over, me, all over me for that, but I really credit the Wii as a system that really helped me gain interest in a lot of these other genres. So, I mean, I just, I feel like I owe a lot to the Wii. It might not have been the best system historically, but just for me and what it meant for me during that time, it really got me into, you know, the the bigger PlayStation exclusive games um, on the on the PS3 or I guess mainly the third party games, maybe not so much the first party Sony games on PS3, but it really got me into that and really made me want to acquire another system, like save up money and acquire another system. So it really boosts my interest. I think that was kind of like my golden time in terms of playing games. In many ways. So I definitely feel like that was, you know, a special time in my uh, gaming history. So I know it wasn't the best system, but ironically, the Wii Shop channel was not something that I really participated in because I didn't have like any means of paying for anything back then. And I always had an interest in like these older games. But I just never really, I mean, the whole Wii points and everything to me just completely confused me. I just thought they were really expensive and I just didn't want to mess with that. I, I figured I'm just going to buy these new games that come out on Wii. But I think that in many ways, the Wii Shop channel was one of the best things about the Wii. And I kind of missed out on that. There was a lot of different experiences you could have on there. Um, and we just never have seen that come back, really, in terms of how expansive that virtual console was on the Wii. We just have never really seen that come back in any form of, uh, you know, capacity. I mean, 3DS probably is the closest one since to have even a remotely similar, you know, vast library of these older games. Wii U just completely didn't have that. And, you know, the Switch obviously isn't having that right now either. So it's kind of weird. But all I remember about the Wii Shop channel is how bad the interface was. If you go to the Wii Shop channel compare it to any modern video game online uh, store, man, it's it's like, it feels like you're definitely going back in time. And it's crazy that like internet services have aged that much. 
because it really wasn't that long ago that we were using it. So, and I think the Wii was kind of already outdated when it came out in terms of like its operating systems and stuff. But it's it at the same time though, it's it is kind of cool though that they kept it open this long because obviously the Wii U had a Wii mode that supported that eShop on there or that Wii Shop. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean back then I'm I'm sure it was really awesome. And, uh, you know, it's kind of sad to see it go. You know, that's an era, once again, that's just been closed. You know, similar to how PS3's last uh, PS Plus, you know, it's it's been over for a while, right? No one's really been using that store too much, at least not a large amount of people that I know to my knowledge have used that store recently. But it's just, it's kind of sad because it's, you know, those consoles were a part of our younger times, our simpler times, things when we didn't have to do a whole bunch of crazy stuff. And seeing those windows close now, it's uh, it's a little sad. You know, it's a little sad, but it's, you know, it, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, I just thought that was something that I wanted to just kind of touch upon. I wish I would have had more experience on it, but, hey, I saved a lot of money not having that, I guess. So, um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of cool things that the Wii Shop channel definitely offered. So the next story is one that kind of made people a little upset, and that is that Persona Q2 is going to be heading to the Nintendo 3DS on June 4th. The game will include characters from 3, 4, and 5. So now Joker is on a Nintendo platform and in a game that's not Smash Brothers. Was this their agreement? See, that was what I was kind of concerned about, that these Persona Q games might be the game that kind of connects the Persona franchise to Nintendo, I was hoping that it would be something different. Like, hey, we're going to get the Persona 5, like, golden edition on Nintendo Switch. Probably not going to happen. I think this is what they were talking about. Persona Q2, that game now now incorporating Joker into it. I think that's kind of where this is coming from. So I think that kind of changes the tra trajectory a little bit of expectations for these uh, new DLC characters. But I think that this might honestly be the agreement here. You know, we're going to put Q2 on your 3DS and we're going to you can put Joker in our Smash Brothers game. So, uh, yeah, I don't really know how I feel about it, but it's, uh, it's still interesting that they're still putting games on the 3DS. I know a lot of people want it to die. I'm actually, I think I was, when I first got my Switch, I think I was, you know, kind of for that as well. It's like, all right, let's move everything to the Nintendo Switch. I want to play everything on my Switch. But I think the 3DS is really interesting, though, because it's so underpowered compared to everything else. And I think developing games on 3DS, in a way, developers have to be a little bit more creative. It's just a, a different, it's almost like a different time era developing on the, on the 3DS. So I think it's really cool that people are still buying this machine and people are still playing it and buying games for it. Because it's in a really phenomenal system, and really, in many ways, the last of its kind. It's might be the last dedicated, purely dedicated gaming handheld that we will ever see. So, I mean, I say keep keep pumping out stuff for it as long as you can, because I think that it's just really cool to have that device out on the market. And I mean, now is kind of where it has like all its games out. I mean, it's you use all these years to build up a library. I mean, why just discontinue it now? It has all these amazing games on there. Let people pick it up, enjoy it for, you know, a few years. You know, who knows? Maybe maybe eventually Nintendo will go back to a, a system where they'll have like a dedicated gaming platform that's slightly less powerful. Who knows? 
But I just think that it's really cool, and I know that eventually it's going to get to the point where the games on it just aren't going to be able to keep up. But I, I just kind of like the idea of developers having to be a little bit more creative when trying to design games for that machine, because it has to be different developing games for the 3DS than it is on other platforms. But I just think it's really cool. So um, I thought it was really neat. Um, Persona 4, this is a summary of that story. Uh, I mean, Persona, not Persona 4, Persona Q2. This is kind of the summary of the story given by Atlas. It says, the Phantom Thieves are on another adventure as they find themselves trapped within a series of Labyrinthine movies, each with its own unique twists and turns themed after various movie genres. Along the way, you'll encounter other like-minded heroes who possess the will and strength to help you in your journey. But who is this mysterious girl, Haikari? And how will everyone escape this cinematic entanglement that transcends time and space? So a little bit weird. I mean, these are, I think, I don't think you're going to look at a Persona story and be like, oh, that's so unrealistic. But this is just kind of weird. I mean, I guess they're going to be crossing over with the other characters. I guess that's how that worked. I never played the original. I just remembered that there were some characters from all the games prior in that in that game so uh I don't know if I have a whole lot of interest in these games I heard they're pretty decent but I think if I'm gonna play Persona I'd rather play just the normal Persona I'm not a huge fan of like the the chibi graphics and and you know character models it's just not really my thing I much prefer their you know full versions of themselves like in Persona Persona 4 and Persona 5 I just kind of prefer that but I thought it was really interesting, though, that they're bringing this game to the Nintendo 3DS instead of bringing it to the Switch. But I think it's really interesting that they're doing that. So um, I say keep it going as long as possible. In other Nintendo news, Nintendo Switch NES Online is getting Super Mario Bros. 2 and Kirby's Adventure for February for U.S. and U.K. subscribers. Uh, of course, Super Mario Bros. 2 was kind of the weird Mario game. It was like the, you know, the original... It was like it was basically Majora's Mask before Majora's Mask was Majora's Mask, or um, you know, equivalent to what Zelda 2 was to The Legend of Zelda. Uh, it's just a kind of a weird shakeup, but very creative. Um, then of course Kirby is Kirby, <laughs> and there's not a lot to say there. It's just Kirby. <laughs> there it is. Um, that's cool. The NES library is getting a little bit more impressive after each month. Um, it kind of makes you wonder, like you know, how far they're going to go with this before they start being like, all right, let's roll out Super Nintendo. Are they going to roll out like the majority of the NES library? I mean, this could be something really cool if they keep going and they keep going throughout these generations. Um, I always said that I thought Wii U should have something similar to the service. Make it the ultimate Nintendo platform because you're not going to get a lot of third-party support. The Switch is getting, you know, a decent amount of third-party support. Obviously, it could be better. But having this as like a Nintendo platform that's just the ultimate Nintendo platform, I think they're on their way to doing just that. And I think that's really exciting. So that's pretty cool. And this one's kind of a weird story. And this is a, a Vivox or Vivix. I'm not really sure how they pronounce that. But they're releasing software development kits for Nintendo Switch games. This will allow third-party developers to incorporate text and voice chat in their multiplayer games. So... um, I guess this this is apparently already used in Fortnite. I don't play Fortnite on, on the Switch, so I wouldn't know. But I guess you can chat on Fortnite already. Um, I didn't really know that. Apparently Paladins has something similar. And you don't really have to use the Nintendo Voice app. I'm not really sure how it works. I have never actually used it myself. But apparently this, this tech can be used cross-platform. 
And this is what a Vivox spokesperson said to uh, VentureBeat. He said, we are always trying to expand our services to more developers. And the Nintendo Switch has clearly become a solid online gaming platform for users and developers. We wanted to make sure that we would have a product that would deliver the best possible voice chat experience to Switch users. And that was what we've been focused on. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's actually really cool. You know, obviously, Nintendo's voice system right now is complete trash. Like, I'm just being completely honest. It's awful. Having to use a voice app on your phone is completely ridiculous and should not be a thing. And Nintendo should have incorporated a party chat from the start. The PlayStation Vita, which is less powerful than the Nintendo Switch by a lot, has a voice chat in it. And it has less RAM than the Switch. It has a voice chat in it. Just freaking... Uh, it drives me crazy. So if Nintendo can't do it, and Vivix or Vivox, whatever they're called, wants to do it, good. Let them do it. Hopefully Nintendo's not going to have an issue with this. This should be a feature that Nintendo has. There should be some kind of party chat. And this is also going to be a text-based system as well, which, thank you, Nintendo has a freaking touchscreen on their freaking console. Nintendo's systems are built for text chat. <laughs> Come on. Like, how is this How is this such a difficult thing? Uh, I mean, this is cool. I don't really, I don't really know Vivox that well, but apparently they are pretty well known in the gaming industry. Um, just, I don't really know them. I don't know if I've ever even heard of them prior to this, but Hey, if they're doing this, I'm completely supportive of it and I think they should do it. So that's all the Nintendo news. We're going to head on over to Sony news and this is actually really, really small. So PS plus games are out for PlayStation Vita and PS3. Obviously last episode, we were talking about how this is the last month for PlayStation Vita and PS3's PlayStation Plus subscriptions. Uh, I think they kind of dropped the ball here. Uh, PS3 got Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns and Patriots. Uh, I mean, sorry, Guns of the Patriots. Uh, Vita got Gunhouse, Rogue Aces, and Dive Kick, all cross-buy on PS4. So if you get them on Vita, you'll get them on PS4. Um, I don't really know a lot about those games. The only one I really know a lot about is Metal Gear Solid 4. And honestly... A lot of people are upset about this. I think that they should have really had an entire lineup of games. If it's going to be their last hurrah, give people a pretty big selection or do something. These are different than what the games were speculated. And I honestly don't really know a lot about Gunhouse, Rogue Aces, and Dive Kick. I mean, for all I know, they're amazing games and I'm missing out. I mean, I can always download them. I have the Vita. But, I'm, you know, I don't really know too much about them. But I feel like you should have just had it in like a, a big, you know cluster of games just you know are free or heavily discounted or something um for you know a celebration and just kind of send off these systems right uh so i, I kind of disagree i mean ps3 it is what it is i feel like if you don't have metal gear solid 4 on ps3 at this point like come on that was like probably one of the first games people got on that system like why is it going to be free now it's just kind of weird it's probably what like 99 cents right now anyway kind of it kind of is stupid but I mean, I think the Vita really should have had a, a, a huge library, honestly, of games for people to choose from. Just because, I mean, people supported that system. Just because Sony didn't, didn't mean that there was people out there that didn't really care about this system. And I feel like Vita fans are some of the most passionate fans. They've stuck with this thing since the beginning, since Sony just didn't even incorporate it in any of its press conferences. I don't even think they even, you know, breathed a word of PlayStation Vita at any of their E3 press conferences, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, it's it's a little bit disappointing that this is how it's going to be sent out. But, you know, 
I guess it is what it is. Um, this next one, uh, Days Gone, there was a new trailer that came out. It's coming out on April 29th, I believe, 2019. And uh, in my notes, I said it looks like it's going to be something special. And honestly, I believe that. You know, that game has been talked about quite a bit the last couple of years. And it's just, we've been kind of wondering, like, when is this game going to come out? And it just has, like, this really, I think it has a really unique feel. And to me, it's a little bit more intriguing than The Last of Us 2. I know they're completely different games. But both kind of both kind of different takes on post-apocalyptia type of, you know, zombie-like games. This one looks like it could be really, really interesting. Like, there's a lot of strategy involved. There's, uh, looks like the gunplay might be really, really good. There's a lot of depth in terms of weapons and possible RPG-like elements. I think that there's some really cool things going on with this game, and I I was kind of this was kind of under my radar for a long time. Like I thought it was cool, but I guess I didn't really look at it as something that I was gonna you know be excited about. But after seeing how the game has kind of progressed over time, and what you could do in like the original like uh you know on stage like demo or whatever. I think it's really interesting. I think that there's a lot of potential here. And honestly, uh, this this is kind of starting to become my most anticipated game this year. And I think that there's a lot, there's going to be a lot there to enjoy. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of strategy involved. There's going to be a lot of funny moments in that game. I feel like when that game comes out, that's going to be the new game that everyone posts videos on. Like that's what I, I feel like this is going to be the next thing that is special in the gaming industry. So I'm looking forward to that a lot. So this uh, next story is actually from me. There is a ton of PS1 classics at the store. Like, it's it's an embarrassing amount. Like, there's so many PS1 classics, they can't even keep them in, the in like, the glass, uh, under glass thing. Like, they're on the shelves now, just normal. Like, they're not even protected in glass at Target. That is how many there are. And obviously, was $100 at launch. It's dropped down to 60 it's uh, it's actually really sad to see. There's also a lot of NES classics at the store as well, which I'm so tempted to pick it up just because I kind of want it. But, oh my God. The PS1 Classic is clearly not doing too good for Sony. And we kind of talked about that. You know, we had our own episode dedicated to that. This is just, you know, <laughs> my own fabricated news story, but there are just PS1 Classics everywhere. I have not seen anybody buy a PS1 Classic. No one seems excited about the PS1 Classic. It's just kind of sitting there until it'll probably continue to drop in price. I mean, that's the only thing I can really think of, of it doing. So, yeah, <laughs> not too good. But, uh, yeah, and that's that's honestly all the Sony news I had today. Um, we're going to go ahead and hop into some Xbox news. So this episode primarily was for Xbox news. Okay, there's a lot of things that happened with Xbox this week. They announced that Xbox Live was going to be heading to Switch. Well, they pretty much implied it, heading to Switch and to Android and mobile devices. Pretty cool. What does it mean? We're not really 100% sure yet. But Microsoft Studios has also been rebranded to Xbox Games, and this is what the article on Xbox Wire said. I'll just read you the whole article because it's really not that long. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and go for it. So they said, at Xbox, we believe when everyone plays, we all win. It's why we're passionate about building a portfolio of games for players across console, PC, and mobile. As we've expanded our focus beyond the console, 
the Xbox brand has also evolved from its original roots. Today, Xbox is our gaming brand across all devices, no matter how or where you want to play, or who you want to play with. In that spirit, I'm pleased to share that we are changing the name of our game development organization from Microsoft Studios to Xbox Game Studios. Xbox Game Studios is made up of 13 distinct game developers responsible for beloved franchises like Age of Empires, Forza, Gears of War, Halo, and Minecraft. The teams at 343 Industries, The Coalition, Compulsion Games, The Initiative, Inexile Game, or Inexile Entertainments, Minecraft, Ninja Theory, Obsidian Entertainment, Playground Games, Rare, Turn 10 Studios, Undead Labs, and our global publishing group are working hard to deliver incredible exclusives, original IP, and all new chapters from your favorite franchises. 2019 is going to be a great year for Xbox gamers everywhere. Exclusive games include Crackdown 3, Gears of War 5, and Ori and the Will of Wisps will all be available to Xbox Game Pass members on the same day they launch worldwide. We're also working to deliver big content updates to games like Sea of Thieves, Forza Horizon 4, and Minecraft that players are going to love. We're also excited to see how seven new game development studios we added to our team last year maximize their creative potential as part of Xbox Game Studios. As a gaming organization, we've never been in a better position to deliver a diverse lineup of exclusive games for Xbox fans, now and in the future. This is honestly huge because they're absolutely right. Microsoft has been gearing up quietly for a while now. Obsidian was really their last big move that they made, and it's going to be huge. I think it's going to pay dividends. Xbox Live has the potential now to go across platforms. Obviously, Sony and Microsoft do not have a relationship, but Nintendo and, and Microsoft do. Microsoft is really playing nicely with Nintendo. They have been doing so for really the last couple of years. So it's honestly really interesting, and Microsoft's in a really... It's it's almost like an unprecedented position that they're in where it might not be super exciting right now. Right now, it's just kind of you can see your friends online and stuff like that. But what this partnership could turn into in the future could be revolutionary for the gaming industry. And this could be a completely different direction that people didn't really anticipate happening. Usually, companies focus on their hardware sales and their software sales. And they kind of package them in together. That's what the point of exclusive content is. However, Microsoft has their own hardware, but it seems that they might be willing to move around IP if necessary. And this could be in the form of a subscription-based service, um, something that you stream. Like this could potentially be, we talked about it in a couple episodes ago, the, the Netflix of, of video games. This could potentially be just that. I think this is the most interesting thing that we've heard about next generation because, you know, we're always thinking about companies focusing in on power, focusing in on, uh, you know, being the best entertainment system all the way around multimedia device. Microsoft under Phil Spencer has definitely changed their approach. Xbox One, if you remember, it was criticized heavily because when they were revealing it, it seems like they were just talking about what it could do to enhance your, you know, your TV in a way. 
it didn't really seem like a game console reveal. When it comes to game consoles, the games are what drives it, man. I mean, that's how it is. Like, games are the most important thing. Given all the acquisitions that they've made, I think they are finally getting that. Even the rebranding. I think Microsoft under Phil Spencer, Phil Spencer is a guy that loves video games. That's his first and foremost thing. And he's had quotes in the past that really have, you know, made it seem like he's all for this cross-platform play. And I kind of believe that they might prioritize customer convenience and they might sacrifice some of these IPs to cross-platform so we might be able to stream them on mobile devices and on the Nintendo Switch, something Phil Spencer is a big fan of. So here's just some different things I found that were from different areas. Uh, this was back when, it's probably back in 2017 when Microsoft was, uh, actually, no, this is, this is not right. I, I'm going to get to that. But this is back when Fortnite was talking about cross-platform play and Sony was giving them a hard time. Nintendo and Sony both came out and, or Nintendo and Microsoft both kind of came out and talked about what they were, were saying. And this was actually an interview with Giant Bomb with Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer says, if you bought your son or child an Xbox and I bought my child a PlayStation and I'm just a parent, it's their birthday, whatever. And the kids want to go play Fortnite and they all of a sudden go home and can't play with each other. It doesn't feel like it helps the consumers. It doesn't help the developers and it doesn't help the customer. Then it doesn't feel like it helps grow gaming to me. However, he added that he's not going to judge anybody else's making their anybody else that's making their decisions based uh you know because they got a business to run. But you can clearly see that Phil Spencer is definitely consumer friendly like I feel like that's what his first you know thought is because I feel like he's a, a gamer himself you know he's probably I don't know if he's a parent or not from that quote he kind of seems like he might be but he kind of understands that I feel like his vision is kind of changing from what we're used to seeing from these console manufacturers Um, and you know he's also shown a lot of you know, support for the Nintendo Switch. You know, he's tweeted about it multiple times. When the Switch launched, he said on Twitter, Nintendo of America, congrats on your launch of another great Nintendo console. Always great when Nintendo innovates in gaming. You know, so he said that. He kind of made that. He also was talking about uh, playing it on a plane. Uh, Civilization. It was uh, one of the games that came out uh, not too long ago, actually. You know, he talked about it saying, you know, he can't wait to, to pour hours into that game while he's on the plane. You know, in, in 2017, Phil Spencer talks about working with Sony and Nintendo with Minecraft. He said, we talk to Sony all the time. With Minecraft on PlayStation, we have to be one of the biggest games on their platform in terms of sales and gameplay. But he said, same with Nintendo. The relationship with Nintendo has been strong on that front. So, you know, there's obviously a clear, it's obviously clear that Nintendo's operating with Microsoft very freely. They've been playing very nicely with each other. They've had ad campaigns. They've went on Twitter. They talked about, let's play Minecraft together. Let's play Fortnite together. You know, they've all been kind of getting along really well. And I think it's really interesting 
if they had some kind of subscription-based service where you played Xbox games on the Switch. And I think it's highly possible. I think it's something that Microsoft honestly is interested in doing. Microsoft, I feel like, is going to prioritize game sales over hardware sales. So what they end up doing with their next platform, I think, is going to be very interesting. What kind of direction are they going to go in? This has potential to be one of the most innovative systems yet, just because their approach seems to be very different than what other consoles have been focusing on. So we could finally be seeing a clear distinction between PlayStation, what they do, a clear distinction between what Nintendo does, and a clear distinction between what Microsoft does. Microsoft could get its very own style. You know, before, like, Sony and Microsoft, they're very interchangeable. You had exclusives, and you could pretty much decide which ones you wanted. Microsoft now, though, could be making their systems a little bit different. And I'm really curious. It seems like they're going to have a couple different models. That's kind of been what was speculated. I think it's really interesting, though, to see what Microsoft could possibly come up with and what they could possibly do. If they're trying to make in the ultimate cross-platform plat uh, you know cross platform platform <laughs> it's it's weird right it's weird to say but uh i think this is one of the most interesting stories in the gaming industry for a long time this is something that i feel like a lot of people are kind of caught off guard by because we don't really know what this means right now it's probably just starting off as you can see what xbox players are doing you know you can sign into your account it's not so much different than what they already have with minecraft right you can already access that on your switch but now it's going to be the actual profile. I think this has potential to really be something special and be something truly unique that we have not seen. This could be an historical moment for video games. And I feel like maybe a lot of people aren't really realizing that. And maybe I'm overhyping it a little bit. I don't think it's going to get to that point right away. But I think the potential is definitely there. And I think that it's honestly really exciting. So... Yeah, I mean, there's there's actually, there's I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to, to really look at, but, I mean, Xbox really has built up quite a bit. They're going to be a force to reckon with next generation if all of these studios pan out. I mean, obviously, we've seen them get Rare, and Rare just kind of was tucked away. They worked on Kinect games. You know, they never really got a chance to work on any of their things, and Xbox really never took advantage of what that original team could have potentially done for them. But they're under new leadership now, and I honestly feel like Phil Spencer cares greatly for gaming in general. I think he loves playing video games. I think that he's made great decisions up to this point. And it's just, uh, it's so much different than Cerny, you know? Like, he's just, he's just so much better. I mean, he really is. So, there's a, there's a lot of potential there, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they end up doing going forward. And that's definitely something we're going to have to talk about in the future because this is going to be something that will constantly evolve but this is this has potential to be something really special in the gaming industry and i feel like people really need to pay attention to this because you know this in many ways is a big deal and it's revolutionary so now it's that time again the twitter topic of the day we're going to hop on the twitter on the twitter waves here we're going to read some of these tweets and see what people are thinking about so here we go. So, Odd Ghost at DDGH0. So with Xbox Live coming to Nintendo Switch, 
Does that mean I can link my Fortnite Nintendo account to my Xbox One? I actually think you can already do that. I know, shocking. I'm pretty sure you can already do that. I might be wrong, but I think Xbox and Nintendo already have cross-platform with Fortnite. I think those profiles are completely interchangeable. Chris Bingham at Chris E.T. Bingham. Sony just wants, the monop wants a monopoly of the industry, whilst Microsoft is now giving Nintendo access to Xbox Live service, which could mean they might be helping them out with their online services. This is something that I also have considered, but I don't know if this actually will happen. If Microsoft, for whatever reason, just said, hey, do you want us to help you out with your online? And Nintendo took that offer? Ooh, man. Nintendo with an actual competent online would be extremely interesting. Um, because right now, Nintendo doesn't really have a true online service. I mean, they have the NES thing and, and all that, but there's not really a huge infrastructure there. If Microsoft came along and offered to help, I mean, hey, I definitely wouldn't turn it down. I don't think Nintendo should turn it down. <laughs> Will it happen? Probably not. Um, we might see achievements and stuff like that for cross-platform games. I don't think it's going to really affect Nintendo that much, though, um, just overall. But hey, that is definitely something really interesting that if it did happen, if Phil Spencer really wants to see something happen and he begs Nintendo to let him do it, I think it'd be really interesting, actually. So that's definitely something to think about. Uh, this one I just thought was funny. Uh, it's from Gamer Critics at Gamer Critics. With Xbox Live set to appear on Nintendo Switch, Microsoft and Nintendo take their relationship to the next level. So it shows uh, Drake and Josh picture. Drake is uh, making out with a girl uh, who Drake is Xbox. <laughs> uh, the girl is Nintendo and Josh is Sony. Uh, and PlayStation's just kind of looking over at them like, what the heck's going on? Uh, just in disgust. So that's pretty funny. Uh, I just figured I'd post that. Uh, if Xbox Live is joining Nintendo Swatch, I think he meant Switch. Uh, this is from Jacob and stuff, by the way, at Jacob Pinecone. Uh, he said, if, if Xbox Live is joining Nintendo Swatch, which I think he meant Nintendo Switch, does this mean we'll finally get this game? Halo DS. I'm actually pretty sure I brought up this game <laughs> when I was talking about the Smash Brothers characters. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, we probably won't. I think it'd be really cool if they did that probably won't see it but uh it's it's still pretty cool uh I, I, I that made me laugh when i saw it because that is like man that's an old reference it really is uh let's see uh nick manga or manga at manga mick i think i said nick it's actually mick manga so it's at manga mick underscore mick Hashtag Nintendo, hashtag Xbox. I can't believe Xbox Live is coming to Switch. That's exciting. Maybe we'll actually get achievements for Nintendo after all one day. Maybe. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. Uh, I feel like, once again, for the cross-platform games that are on both systems, possibly. It makes sense to have some kind of achievement system in there. But I don't think it would be through Nintendo. I think it would just be through Xbox. So you'd get Xbox achievements while playing on the Nintendo Switch, if that makes sense. Um, it would be really cool, though, if that was something that they ended up doing. I just don't really see it happening um, in terms of, like, Nintendo games getting them. I think it would strictly just be cross-platform games, and they'd be Xbox, because you're technically on your Xbox Live account, I would assume. 
So it'd probably be achievements for your Xbox games, but you would just be playing them on Nintendo Switch. So um, that's actually all the Twitter topic tweets that we have for today. And honestly, that's going to wrap up this podcast. I feel like my throat is going to die. I'm like, I'm awful when it comes to like keeping my throat like hydrated. So I'll just keep talking until my throat gets so dry that it just starts killing me. And then it makes it like really hard to like enunciate my words and all that. So I probably should, uh, I should probably fix that. Probably shouldn't do that anymore. But um, yeah, uh, that's, that's pretty much all I have to talk about today. Uh, the website, mygamepinions.net is now completely secure. So when you go to it, it's not going to be like unsecure, unsecure connection. I actually set up an SSL license for it. Shout out to Namecheap's customer service. Oh my God, you guys saved me <laughs> so many so many hours of fiddling with that because there's so many steps like that's not that's not really common knowledge stuff you know working with that stuff so uh definitely shout out to them for helping me put that together because it was way more complicated at least to me than I thought it would be but everything's secure now and it's awesome because I feel like people can kind of go to the website now and not feel like they're going to get malware or any kind of crazy viruses from my website so uh really excited about that and uh yeah i mean that's that's pretty much all i have to say um make sure you guys check out the new thumbnails i put up on the website uh we have like a round game pinions logo which i think is kind of cool uh potentially making a hat out of it later on and that's uh that's gonna be kind of neat too so uh just yeah make sure you guys keep uh keep it locked and loaded follow me on twitter if you guys like this podcast I know it's a rambling mess, but if you like this podcast in some way, shape, or form, leave me a review on iTunes or something. Just give me some feedback because I really want to improve this podcast, and uh, I think, honestly, we're getting better and better with each episode, and that, that's really exciting to me. So thank you guys so much for listening in, and uh, I hope you guys have a great day because I'm going to try my best. <laughs> All right, see you guys.